choose to sing when I can hardly breathe out of breath. I choose to stand when all I want to do is give up. I choose to trust when my whole world is falling apart. I choose you, Jesus, cause I still believe through it all I still believe you are wonderful you've never given up on me you've never given up on me I choose to love when everything around me screams hate I choose to heal when I have walked through sorrow and pain I choose your name the only name that's worthy of praise I choose you Jesus cause I still
A very good evening and welcome to Wordification Tuesday. And tonight we are here. We're live. Tell somebody we're live. And that tonight we continue with our Jesus series part two. We started last week with our Jesus series where last week we looked at the divinity of Jesus. And today, by the grace of God, we're looking at the humanity of Jesus. And so tell somebody that they should come online, they should join us, and their lives will never be the same. Remember that all that we are doing here is to educate ourselves with regards to topics that will build our, our, our faith in the Lord. And so I believe that wordification is one of the ways where we get to hear God's word the unadulterated word of God and we are strengthened by the word and our eyes are opened to the word of God and we are able to live accurately by the word of God. And so we're live and I believe that tonight your life will be a blessing and you will receive that which God has for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so then the time is 7.38 p.m. And we're going to begin the mighty word of God with a short prayer. And I believe that our lives will never be the same. Shall we pray? <clears throat> Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for your love. That is extended to us. Father, we thank you that you have loved us with an everlasting love. Tonight, we come to you one more time as we sit under your feet and as we hear your word. Lord, we pray that you shall use your word to build in us to become like Christ. Father, as we are learning about your son Jesus throughout this series, we pray that you shall help us and that we shall see to fruition that we shall become like Christ. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who is with us. 
and we know that our lives will never be the same. In Jesus' precious name, Amen and Amen. Well, said, he's right. He's right. Ladies and gentlemen. Well, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Hallelujah. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're ready for the word of God. And so, last week, we began the Jesus series where we looked at the divinity of Jesus. And by the grace of God, tonight, we're looking at the humanity we are continuing with the humanity of jesus <clears throat> and somebody may ask us that why are we so bent on this topic because for our faith as christians it rests on the works of jesus and on the person of jesus and who he was and what he came to do and so it's very important that we understand who jesus is as a divine God and as a human being before we even come to understand the works of Jesus. So it's very important that as, as to solidify your faith, you understand whom you're serving. So we don't just serve blindly. We don't just, we don't just serve God blindly. Hallelujah. And so this week, our, our, our focus is on the humanity of Jesus. Where we're saying that he was truly God and he was truly man in the fullest sense of the term that I've just mentioned. He was 100% God. He was 100% man. Hallelujah. And so I want, to know, I want you to understand that if you want to know what God is like, <clears throat> I, want to be, I want to begin with that statement. If you want to know what God is like, then look at Jesus Christ. If you want to know what Jesus is like, then look at Jesus. Because Jesus was not a mere representative of God. But Jesus was actually God himself among us. He was God, the Word. God, the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So God has himself in three persons. That is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But then Jesus, who is the Son, who is the Word, was not just or is not just a mere representative of God, but he is God himself among us. So he was not a glorified man, no, but he was God in human form. He came as God in human form. That's the humanity of Jesus. In other words, I can say that Jesus Christ is God with skin on him. Beloved, Jesus embodied all the attributes of God. Yet he was a man who walked our planet. He was a man who breathed our air that we are breathing. He was a man who felt the pains that we felt. <clears throat> Praise God. And one of the scriptures I want us to, to, to pay attention to is in the book of Philippians. In the book of Philippians, the chapter number 2 and the verse 6 to 8, where the Bible tells us that who being in very nature. Now, who there is referring to Jesus. So it's saying that who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery. Or NIV will tell us that 
did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human word, likeness. The New King James says, coming in the likeness of man. Beloved, Jesus came as a man. And the Bible says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Praise Jesus. <clears throat> and if you look at the book of Hebrews, the chapter number number 2, I think, Hebrews 2, and um, the verse 5 to 9, the Bible tells us that it is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Beloved, so Jesus was made a little lower than angels. He came as a man. Jesus is both the Son of Man and the Son of God. I want to start by that. Jesus is what? Both the Son of God and the Son of Man. And you ask me, how? Why? In the book of Matthew, the chapter number 16, and the verse 13 to the verse 16, the Bible says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples a question. He asked them that, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say you are John the Baptist, some say you are Elijah, others are still saying you are Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then he said, but what about you? Who do you say I am? And then Peter stood up and the Bible said, Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus said something. Jesus said in verse 17, Blessed are you, for it is not flesh and blood that revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. So here we identify that Jesus is both the Son of Man and the Son of God. Hallelujah. Last week we, 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 we examined the deity of Jesus and realized that he's the Son of God. He's 100% God. And here we're looking at the humanity of Jesus. And we are saying that Jesus is both the Son of Man and the Son of God. When you read the book of Colossians chapter 2 and the verse number 9, we get to understand that his nature, that the nature of Jesus Christ was fully human and fully divine. Because the Bible tells us in Colossians 2, and the verse number 9, that for in Christ all the fullness of the Godhead lives in bodily form. Hallelujah. For in Christ all the fullness of the Godhead lives in bodily form. So it tells you that God was, sorry, Jesus was fully divine and fully human. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So if you are a good student of the Bible, you can tell clearly that Hebrews chapter 1 talks about the deity of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2 
talks about the humanity of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, so it's very important that we understand these things in Scripture. We must know that Jesus became flesh to save us and to help us to become faithful children of God, to become like Jesus, who was a standard. And as we are discussing the humanity of Jesus, we will not be able to complete it if we don't discuss some facets of the real humanity of Jesus according to the scriptures. What am I saying? What are some things we can say that will prove that Jesus was human? Beloved, in the book of John, chapter 4, and verse number 6, the Bible tells us that Jesus met the woman at the well. And the Bible clearly tells us, it says, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Beloved, tired is the word I want to put to us. Jesus became tired like we do. If he was full of God, 100% God, no man, there's no way Jesus would become tired. He came as a man. He put on human attributes, but he was fully God. He was weary. Beloved, Jesus did not float from place to place. He did not vanish and appear at a place and all of that. No. When he resulted, he did that, we know. But he walked just like every other person. Just like every other human being. He walked. Beloved, he walked. Jesus walked. He became tired, like we do. And I'm giving us the scriptures because... We need to always present our facts with the scriptures. We must be sure of what we're saying by using the word of God. So, beloved, Jesus became tired like we do become tired. You go to where you come back, you're tired. You sell, you're, you're tired. You're studying, a lot of pressure on you. You become tired. Your mind becomes tired. So Jesus became tired like we do. And the famous one is that Jesus knew hunger, physical hunger, not spiritual hunger, physical. He wasn't fasting, but he knew physical hunger. Even in the book of Matthew, even when he was fasting, after fasting, he became hungry. That is to tell us that if you are fasting, and you get hungry in the process. You have not sinned. That's for another day. Praise God. So, if you look at the book of Matthew, chapter 4, and the verse number 2, the Bible clearly tells us that after fasting 40 days in the wilderness, he was hungry. Full stop. I don't want to go to verse 3. He was hungry. And throughout that fasting, he never did a miracle for his own benefit. But rather, he became tempted. Of the devil who told him to turn a stone into bread but the bible says jesus refused hallelujah jesus refused he knew hunger he knew what hunger. in the book of john the chapter 19 and the verse number 28 we can see clearly the bible tells us that he was thirsty because when he was on the cross 
he became extremely dehydrated. And he said, I test. Now, ironically, this is from the very one who created water. Yet he said, I test. The one who created water said, I test. He could have spoken but a word and a fountain would have appeared, a fountain would have gushed forth, but he didn't. He did. was a man. Although he was 100% gone, he did not use that in the wrong sense. These are proofs to show us that he got tested and that he was human. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. He was what? Tested. The next point I want us to look at is that he grew weak physically. Now, somebody may ask you, where from that one? Do you remember in the scriptures that on the way to the cross or on his way to Calvary, when he was bearing the cross, the Bible tells us that he fell beneath the tree's great weight. And a man called Simon from Cyrene, this Simon had a great privilege when he saw how tired and beaten Jesus was. He had the, 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 the compassion and he took it upon himself to carry the cross of Jesus for a short distance. <clears throat> he grew weak. It was heavy for him. If he was fully gone, he could have held it with one finger and taken it up there. But he was also 100% man and he had to die like a man. Not as a God, God, God cannot die. Beloved, even the death of Jesus, let me explain something. Jesus died like a man in the sense that his body ceased to function. Just like when we also die, our body will cease to function. The death of Jesus is, does not equal to the death of God, because God can never die. But the death of Jesus is in the sense that his body ceased to function. So when human beings die, their body ceases to function. Breathing stops. Blood flow stops. Activities in the brain stops. Production of red blood cells, white blood cells, all those things stops. Everything, every function in the body ceases. It stops when death comes. So Jesus died in that sense. So when you when you when you are Understanding the fact that, aside the spiritual fact that Jesus came to die for our sin, physically, when he died, his body ceased to function. That's where the miracle of resurrection comes in. That's for another time. Hallelujah. That's for another time. Praise Jesus. Now, our next point. Jesus knew anger. Jesus knew anger. How many of you get angry sometimes? I believe you guys may have, some of some of you may have even gotten angry today. I'm, I'm quite sure, right? But the point is, Jesus knew anger. When we read the book of Matthew 21, I think verse 12 and 13, we know about, about a story in that chapter where some people were selling in the temple courts. And the Bible tells us in verse 12 that Jesus entered the temple courts 
and he drove out all who were buying and all who were selling. And he overturned the tables of even those who were doing the money changes and all of that. And he said something verse 10. He said, it is written, my house will be called the house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. And the emotion that was used in driving out the people and even in the speech was the mode of anger. Imagine God having a temper tantrum. Imagine God having a temper. Beloved, Jesus never got angry with sinners per se, but primarily with those who misinterpreted God to the people. So Jesus drove the money changers out of the temple. Why? Because they were prying on the people instead of praying for them. They were keeping people from approaching God. So people would come to the temple and come and change money and go back. Nobody was coming to pray. That's why he said that my house will be called a house of prayer. Because if they were doing so, then he would not have to come and repeat it if they were doing so. So it was he was angry because people were leading people not to take God as important, but rather other things. Jesus knew anger. He knew it. Hallelujah. Another point I want to raise to us is the fact that Jesus also felt sad. He did. When was the last time he felt sad? But I believe that the Lord in every sadness will bring you out. Amen. But Jesus felt sad. Bible tells us in the book of John 11:35, when he stood at the tomb of Lazarus, he wept. Maybe, somebody may argue that maybe he was weeping probably in sympathy. In the sense that with those who had lost Lazarus. But also, perhaps there was a sadness for Lazarus himself. He felt sad. At the point in Luke 19, listen, he also wept over the city of Jerusalem. Knowing that the devastation that will befall Jerusalem because of her sinfulness. And you see, it was audible if we read the book of Luke 19. It's clear. The book of Luke is clear. Hallelujah. It's clear. And it tells us that as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept. Beloved, the Greek word that is used in the web is strong. It signifies a bitter kind of um, anguish. The one that is used when you are mourning the dead. That's how he wept. He wept as though Jerusalem was dead. The weeping was audible. When somebody is crying and it's audible, we say the person is weeping. Hallelujah. And the Bible tells us in the, in the book of Hebrews 4.15 that we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And that brings me to my point, my next point, that Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tempted. When was the last time you were tempted? Beloved, Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tempted. Now, the scripture I just read in Hebrews 4.15 tells us that we do not have a high priest. In other words, Jesus now is a high priest who intercedes for us. And he says we do not have a high priest 
who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Beloved, he was tempted. Now, let me say this. Jesus was tempted. <clears throat> but doesn't the Bible teach us that God is perfect? Somebody too can ask a question that, um, if so, how can Jesus be tempted? Because the Bible says that God cannot be tempted by evil in the book of James 1. Yet, when we have explained earlier, said that God, Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. So, ideally, if he was tempted, he could have switched to his divine nature and overcome. And there's no point. So, why should Jesus even be tempted? Now, the question so somebody asked me sometime was that, so Jesus, who was God, was he tempted or not? And the answer is very simple. Yes, he was tempted. But you see, one thing we don't know, or we have not maybe realized from the scriptures and from studying the scriptures is that even though Jesus was tempted, he did not have the ability to give in to temptation. I will explain. Now, in the book of Luke chapter 4, we are told that he was driven into the wilderness by the, by the Spirit of God to be tempted by Satan. Now, Jesus felt the presence and the pressure of temptation like we do, 100%. But remember this. Jesus did not have that sinful nature that you and I have, that Adamic nature. Jesus never had that nature. So, there was not that necessary element present for temptation to succeed. So, so, so Jesus was tempted, yes, but he was not vulnerable to it like you and I are because he did not have the sinful nature. Oh, praise God. He felt the presence of temptation. He felt the pressure of temptation, but he did not have the sinful nature as an as a necessary element present for temptation. Beloved, for for temptation to succeed, you need the necessary element present, which is the sinful nature. Praise God. I, I, I believe we're, we're, we're learning something by the grace of God. I believe we're learning something. So Jesus was tempted. Beloved, Jesus was tempted so that you may be delivered in the hour of temptation. Because Bible tells us in the next verse of Hebrews 4, verse 16, that we should come boldly to the throne of grace to ask for help in times of need. So he has been tempted or he was tempted so that you'll be delivered in the hour of temptation. Hallelujah. Also, we can talk about the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin. The book of Matthew 1 and 2 uh, sorry, Matthew 1 and the book of um, Luke 2, sorry, yes, Matthew 1 and Luke 2, tells us that Jesus had a human mother and a divine father, but no human father and no divine mother. 
So Mary was a virgin at the time. Even up the time Jesus was born, Mary was a virgin. So Jesus was conceived in the womb by a special miracle of the Holy Ghost. And this guaranteed that Jesus would be both God and man and would be sinless. So he was born of a virgin. He had a human body. He had a human soul. He was sinless. I've established that already. Hallelujah. This Jesus we are, we are serving. He once walked on the earth. Beloved. Oh, hallelujah. So, beloved, what am I saying? Jesus is the author of our salvation. And he's not ashamed to call us his brethren. His humanity, beloved. But then, you see, when we understand it like that, in the point that he was human, in other words, he passed through the things we are passing through now. Isn't it great that you are with someone who has gone through life and can direct you from that point of experience? With such, with such a person directing your very life, the surety of success is higher than ever. What am I saying? Run to Jesus. Start taking him seriously. This is the Jesus we are serving. He came in the fullness of himself as God and also took upon himself the humanity. And he came, appeared as a man. Hallelujah. And he walked the face of the earth. John said, we beheld him. In other words, we saw him. We were with him. We ate with him. We spoke to him face to face. Listen, they were walking with God on the earth like nothing was happening. Hallelujah. They were talking to God. They were eating with God. They were sleeping with God in the same room. Maybe he may be sleeping upstairs, maybe downstairs, but in the same area. They were with God because God had come in the flesh as Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Beloved, you can also walk with God by the Holy Spirit. Jesus has gone. He will appear again very soon by rapture. But in the meantime, he has given us the Holy Spirit. So if you have the Holy Spirit, you have God in you. You have God in you. When you are talking to the Holy Spirit, you are talking to God. When you are having a walk with the Holy Spirit, you are having a walk with God. That's why the book, Good Morning Holy Spirit, people are people liking it to such, such experiences because it, it brings to bear and makes it real. It moves it from theory to practical. And so, beloved, Jesus came and partook of humanity. He became a man so that you and I may partake of the divine nature of God. What's the divine nature? Godliness, truth, holiness, love, glory, eternity. Oh, hallelujah. By the obedience of a man today, when you accept and believe on him, your life is changed forever. You become a new creature. The old is gone, and all things have become new. See the word of God.
And so tonight, understand that Jesus came in the form of a man so that we will have access to God like never before. He died the death of a criminal. And the punishment has been paid in full. He had to come as a man for that to be effected. And beloved, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, whosoever, are you a Muslim? Are you a Buddhist? Are you a Hindu? Are you, are you a Shintoist? Whosoever believes in Are you a doctor? Are you a preacher? Are you a pastor? You may not be saved, but are you a pastor? Are you a banker? Are you a market seller? Are you an IT consultant? Are you a project manager? Whatever you are, whoever you are, however you address yourself, however you call yourself, you may be a president, you may be a CEO, you may be among the and top 40 under 30 whatever award. You may be known, you may be popular. You may be a rich person, you may be a poor person, you may be a, an average earner, earner, whatever it is. But understand that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And all this came when he appeared. Christ was manifest. He wasn't born. He was manifest. Because of the miracle of the Holy Ghost that came over the Virgin Mary. Today, because of Jesus, we will have a crown one day if we stay on course. We'll have the crown of righteousness. We'll have the crown of life. We'll have the crown of glory. There are many things that we have access to now. The veil has been torn. We have access because of this man, Jesus, who is now a high priest in heaven, who intercedes on our behalf according to the word of God. And so tonight I came to shake you up for you to realize that this Jesus is more than we have ever even considered of. There are many things he has done for us that sometimes we overlook or we don't pay much attention to. Jesus has done a lot for us. And so, if you ever do anything, if you have been bought by the blood of Jesus, let your life glorify the name of the living God. Let the Father look at you and say, Ah, this is my son and my daughter, whom I am well pleased in. Even Jesus at a point, in, he said, Lord, if it is possible, take this cup of suffering from me. That was a man talking, not a God talking. Because he knew what was coming. He knew it. Hallelujah. He knew it. What was coming? Carrying the weight of sin of the world, of man. But he did it. Because God loves man. Oh, glory to God. This is the Jesus we are talking about. This is the reason why we have the Jesus series. This is the reason why we will not stop, stop talking about Jesus. This is the reason why we must make Jesus popular in our time. Let us make Jesus popular. Let us lift up the name Jesus every, every time and every chance we get in your workplace. Make Jesus popular by how you live in the workplace. 
by how you live in school, make Jesus popular. Make Jesus popular. And your life will never be the same. Amen. God bless you. Tonight, I want you to understand that Jesus has come for us. And all that he has become, and all that we are, is because of what he did. The sacrifice of the cross. Forever we are grateful to him. Forever we are grateful to him. And I pray that our lives, you and I, will glorify the Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And as you have heard this word tonight about the humanity of Jesus. And as you go back to bed tonight and as you're lying on your bed tonight, just... Just, just meditate on, on the divinity and the humanity mixing together. Oh, glory to God. And just thank God for Jesus before you sleep. Tonight, before you sleep, just thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the sacrifice of Jesus for our lives. Because our lives can never be compared to our previous life when we were sinful. He has done a lot for us. Father Lord, thank you for Jesus. Father Lord, thank you for Jesus. Jesus be praised. Jesus be praised. Hallelujah. God bless you mightily tonight for your time. Normally when you, you hear such messages, you have to now go back and sit down and let it soak in. Because these are messages that make you realize the importance of the person we are talking about. Sometimes we have overlooked certain things. But when we begin to address these things and discuss these things and share these things with us, sometimes it rekindles a certain fire in us. So I believe that a certain fire has been rekindled in your spirit. And after tonight, you see Jesus in a totally different way. I believe so strongly. That after tonight, you begin to see Jesus in a whole new way. And you will live right for him. No matter the cost. Hallelujah. God bless you. Tonight, all I want to say is God bless you. And I'm grateful for the time that you have spent listening to the word of God. I believe so strongly that it will, it will bear fruit. And your life will never ever be the same. It is my prayer that the Lord will lift you up and change things about your life. I pray that your life will be shifted in a different focus that will please the Lord. This week, may God surprise you. This week, may God bring you good news. The rest of the week that is ahead, may God position you to receive from him. And may all that God has said concerning your life, according to his will, may it come to pass. In Jesus' precious name. I leave you tonight with the sure word of God that your life will get better and get better and get better. In Jesus' mighty name.
God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your night and catch you next week where we're looking at the Jesus series part three. Your life will never ever be the same. Take care. Have a good night. Shalom. Peace. God be with you. Bye. Never be more love than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more love than I am right now.
more than you 